You have the right man and wife for this church at this hour, and he's going to lead you if you'll let him. He is wise beyond his years, great man of God, great preacher. So I didn't come to impress him. I tried to impress him one time. I took him duck hunting, and uh, we went duck hunting. I had a new dog, and I was going to try to impress him, and so we shot a few ducks, and the dog got out of the boat and walked on the water. All the way across, retrieved the duck, got it back in the boat. And I looked at Brother O'Connell. I said, what do you think about that? He said, can't swim, huh? <laughs> so this morning, what we're here to do is we're here to entertain the presence of Almighty God. What a wonderful job these singers and musicians have done in bringing us to the presence of the King. 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 15 through verse 19. Do I need my Bible? There we go. Amen. I've got my Bible. I never forget my Bible. I bring it with me. It's under that chair over there in case this iPad goes to playing out on me. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servant two mules, burden of earth? For thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods, but unto the Lord. In this thing the Lord pardon thy servant, and when my master goeth into the house of Rimmon, to worship there, he leaneth on my hand, and I will bow myself in the house of Rimmon. When I bow down myself in the house of Rimmon, verse 19, the Lord pardon thy servant in this thing. I want to preach to you under the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost, I pray, that is in this place, simply this, a reason to return. A reason to return. Would you put your Bibles down and honor the Lord one more time with an offering of praise and thanksgiving. Holy Ghost that's in this place. Hallelujah. Come on now, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on, I believe we can do a little bit better than that. God bless you and you may be seated. The word or some form of the word return is used 618 times in the scripture. So it's very important that we understand that there is returning that takes place in our spirit as well as in our lives. The story of Naaman is probably a favorite of ours, and Sunday school children can tell you the story of how Naaman ducked seven times in the muddy Jordan and came up on the seventh time healed by the hand of God. It wasn't without retaliation or mixed feelings that he obeyed God. Some of you may have a few mixed feelings when you pick up the pen and write on your piece of paper, your card, in just a little while what you feel the Lord is moving on you to give in this sacrificial service. But after he finally brought himself under subjection, he did obey the Lord, and it was worth everything that he did, every emotion he had to overcome to move himself into this place of obedience I don't say that living for God is always easy. 
I don't say that doing what we have to do to serve God is always conducive to our flesh. Can somebody say amen? In fact, most of the time, we as the people of God have to find out and, and bring ourselves to the place and put our flesh under subjection, as Paul said he did, each and every day. Your flesh is at enmity or war against the Spirit. Your flesh loves what it feels and what it sees and what is experienced by it in this world. It is attracted to the pleasures of this life. The things that the devil has instituted in this world as far as pleasure is concerned, they detour us and they cause us to walk contrary to the things of the Spirit. This morning what I felt from the time the Holy Ghost anointing is all over me. If you'll just bear with me for just a moment. I believe God's going to do something. The Holy Ghost anointing, I felt it move upon me when I drove into Jonesboro yesterday evening and drove up in the parking lot of this church. I, I feel that God is doing a little bit of directing here this morning and, and strategically placing some things in our path and moving us toward what God is going to do. There is going to be a revival church in Jonesboro, Arkansas, contrary to what the world says is going to happen. Paul said that the flesh warreth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So if the convenient route is what you're searching for, if the convenient easy way is what you're searching for, there is a strong possibility that we won't ever find convenient place to serve God and to give to the kingdom of God. Because giving is never convenient. Giving is never easy. But we must understand of a surety that there is a sacrifice that is involved if we are to live for God. Now your pastor told me to take my liberty. So I'm going to take my liberty and act as if I'm at home. I thought the Lord paid the price, preacher. I thought Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. And he did. I thought Satan had been overcome. You see, the problem is not the things that I just mentioned. The problem is and resides within our flesh. God will not destroy and defeat our flesh for us. That is my job. To take this old man and crucify it every day and say not my will but thine be done. It's not what I want, God. It's what you want. It's not what, oh, somebody needs to understand. It's not what I desire. It's what he desires. And his desire is that sacrifice be placed on the altar and his blessing will come down. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? God needs our cooperation. If we fail to obey God, we have missed the point. God will work if we will let him. He stands ready to save if he will, we will let him. He stands ready to deliver if we will let him. He stands ready to heal if we will let him. And the Bible says that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
That doesn't mean everybody's going to be saved. Only those that will allow God to work through their lives and the Holy Ghost to work in them. Now, possibly. It did not happen like Naaman had pre-conjured up. It is pre-conjured a word. I just made a word. Pre-conjured up in his mind that it should happen. Let me state something right here. It's not always going to happen according to your plan. Things are not always going to go the way that you want them to go. I believe that I read, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I read in my Bible where it said obedience is better than sacrifice. So Naaman, even though it's not what you want, it's not what you desire, it's not what you thought, you've got to obey what the man of God said in order to get what the man of God said you would get. So it wasn't like he wanted it. It wasn't thinking what he thought in his mind. And he disallowed. Here's the problem. Here's the issue. Preacher, this is what you said I have to do. I'm not sure I want to do that. But, but Naaman had, had forgotten the fact of what he would get. He disavowed the fact that his healing was what was at the end of his obedience. My God in heaven. You've you got to understand what's at the end of your sacrifice. What's at the end of that ballpoint pen when you write an amount and put your family name and say, God, this is what I'm sacrificing. This is what my, you, you see, you've got children that are unsaved. God said, you sacrifice and I'll bless that sacrifice and I'll save your children. I'll fill your husband with the Holy Ghost. I'll I'll fill your wife with the Holy Ghost. I'll turn your neighborhood upside down for the glory of God. You disallow the fact that God said, if you will, I will. Because salvation and healing and power is not like the theologians and the philosophers have said in their mainline religions that it would be. The Bible says that it's God's way and not man's way. And because of this, there are a lot of folks that are relying on doctrines of humanity in order to find peace in their hearts. That's why so many of us are frustrated where religion is concerned. Now I'm going to get to the given part in a minute. In the book, the Bible teaches us, in this book, that finally Naaman, after he pushed and compelled by his servants to go ahead and do the thing that the men of God asked, they said, what have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? You're at your wit's end. You're at your road's end. And this is exactly where most of us have to get before we return to God. Isn't it sad that we have to get on the bottom, that we have to be scraping the bottom of that barrel of meal before we say, not my will but thine be done. What would happen if the church would say, I'm not going to wait to get on the bottom. I'm not going to wait till I have to hit my knees. I'm not going to wait till I have to pray. I'm not going to wait till I have to worship. I'm going to do it right now, God. And if you do it just because you want to and not because you have to, there is a brand new blessing that is coming your way because you're doing it because you want to. 
As long as everything is smooth, as long as there's no worries, as long as there's no problems, we think we're doing pretty good and things have to get pretty rough before we seek God. But God knows how to put the pressure on us and how to make us do what He desires us to do. The servants must have struck a note in Naaman's heart. When they ask him, what do, you, what do you have to lose? You're a leper. You're going to die anyway. What's it matter if you go and obey the man of God? Let me stop and tell you that I want to do anything I can, anything that I have to do, anything that God wants me to do to make myself better and to receive the things that God has for me. Do you know that we've got a hold of the littlest end of the biggest thing that this world has ever known and we're so afraid to step out and say, God, whatever you said, I'm going to do it. If you want me to duck in a muddy river, I'll do it. If you want me to dance and shout, I'll do it. If you want me to fall on an altar, if you want me to sacrifice, I'm going to do it. Let me tell you, Jonesboro, Arkansas, I feel revival from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. It's in this place. It's in your home. It's in your church. You may not have to worship like me. You may not have to do what I do. But I found out my way feels pretty good. I found out that rejoicing feels a little bit good. I found out that the way that I worship works. You may not have to do it the way I do it. You may not have to pray the way I pray. You may not have to do it. Some people say, well, how much do I have to do? How, how, what do I have to do to, to receive eternal life? What do I have to do to receive the Holy Ghost and to stay in the church? It's not a matter of what you have to do. It's what you want to do. And that is where the difference lies. We've got to start doing things that we want to do and do it not because we have to do it. I'm here today because I want to be here. I'm, I could be in my own church, in my own pulpit. But your pastor felt enough about this to call me and say, I want you to come. And I'm here under the Holy Ghost anointing. And I believe that God, God don't do things by accident. He don't make mistakes. And we're here because he is here and his blessing has covered this place. Naaman goes through the process. After the seventh dip in the Jordan, he comes up and to his amazement he is healed. His flesh is cleansed. I guess possibly he could have went on his way. And I went to, here's where I'm going to start preaching a little bit. But he was so grateful and so appreciative that he hadn't missed God till he said, I, I, I've got to do something I'm not used to doing. He said, you see, when, when God does something for you, it makes you want to return. You remember the first time you got touched by God? Huh? You was a little scared, wasn't you? But it felt good enough that you wanted to go back and get a little more. Anybody ever laid your lips on some Georgian pecan pie? You'll throw rocks at regular pecan pie. Let me tell you about a Georgian pecan pie. Georgian pecan pie has a graham cracker crumb crust. And the filling is not made of syrup. The filling is cream cheese, powdered sugar, and vanilla. Topped with 
butter-roasted pecans drizzled with a little bit of, for all you fancy folks, caramel. For all of us southern folks, it's caramel. <laughs> I, I, I like to dab a little right between my eyes. Here's the deal. If you ever get a bite, you're going to want to come back for more. It's something about this God thing. Something about this Holy Ghost thing. Something about this power that's in this place. If you ever taste it, if you ever touch it, if it ever touches you like it did Naaman, he said something here is a little bit different. He said, and so it's so different that I want to return and I've got to go back to the source of the power and the source of my miracle. I believe that Jonesboro is filled with people today that are going to return and go back to the source of your blessing and bless the blesser. The Bible said in verse 15, and he returned. If a person really gets from God what they need, they're going to come back. You can't hog time. You can't keep them away. You can't keep them away from church. You can't keep them away from this power. Let me tell you what the world is tired of. We don't have a clock today, do we? Thank God. What happens is the world is, I can't kick as high as him. I'm older than him. Well, I, yeah, I can because he ain't very high off the ground. Oh, but I'm taller than you. And I lost my place. What the world is tired of is religion. I don't want more religion. I don't want more ritual. I want to go to church and want to return. I've preached at a few churches that when they call me to come back, no, no, my schedule's full. You know why? Because they don't want revival. They don't want this anointing. They don't want this power. In other words, they don't want to return to what God has already done for them. If you've ever been healed, if you've ever been delivered, if you've ever been set free from a world of sin, it'll make you want to come back. It'll make you want to return and get a little bit more of what God gave you the first time. People say they don't, people say they're saved, but they don't have to go to church. That's not what I read in my Bible. They don't have what they need if they don't want to go back. You say, well, preacher, I don't have to. You don't have to do anything but live, die, and pay taxes. You don't have to come back. You don't have to go to church. But my God in heaven, what would my life be out be, be like without able to, being able to come to church? There ain't nothing holy about this carpet I'm standing on. Nothing holy about that seat you're sitting on. Nothing holy about these, these painted walls and this beautiful building that you've already outgrown. Nothing holy about this except for the fact this is the place we return. This is the place we come back to. This is the place we come and pray. This is the place we come and believe God for. And we're going to return to what got us here in the first place. We're not going to forsake the old paths. We're not going to leave aside the Word of God to serve tables. We're going to come back to the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost 
Ghost that got me this way in the beginning. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? The Bible said he returned. Jesus was walking down the road. He meets ten leprous men. The scripture says in Luke chapter 17 that he spoke to them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. The Bible says that they went, and as they went, they realized that they weren't lepers anymore. <laughs> if that don't make you want to turn around and go back, I don't know what will. You ever left the service, got out to your car and realized, my God, something's a little different about me now. Maybe I don't have that headache I had. Maybe, maybe God brought you home from a hospital and you look fine today and no permanent effects from a stroke. Anybody ever been healed by the hand of God? If that don't make you want to come back and return, then I don't know what will. Somebody in this place I'm preaching to this morning that needs to return. You need to say, God, here I am. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. They realized that they were healed and realized that they weren't lepers anymore. This does not mean that it took God a little while to heal them. What it means is it took the ones that were being healed a little while to realize what God had done. They had been so accustomed to being the way that they were that it took them a little time to realize that they weren't who they used to be. Why do you act the way I do? I just realized all over again that I'm not who I used to be. I just realized all over again that I've returned to the place where it all happened. I returned to the hand that touched me in the beginning. And the Bible says that when they realized this, there was one that returned to worship. Notice that, verse 15. And one of them, chapter 17 of the book of Luke, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and he said to himself, there's absolutely no reason for me to keep walking like I was walking because my healing did not come from where I'm going. My healing came from where I've been. We're searching in the wrong place. We're doing the wrong things. We're looking for the things that happened to us yesterday in a place that we've not been yet when all we've got to do to find everything that God's already done is go back to where it all started. The house of God, the hand of God, the word of God, the man of God. I'm telling you, we've got to return to him. Now, let's stop here for a minute. The Bible says that Naaman returned to the man of God, and he made this statement. I like this. He said, now I know. He said, I came here a leper. I obeyed even though I didn't want to. I did what I was told. Healing came. And now I know. Now I know that there's only one God. And it's not where I'm going back to. It's not where I came from. I found the real true God right here where I'm at. 
And he said, now I know. Now watch this. He said, now I know. He said, I used to be a, a, an ignorant individual, ignorant of salvation. You know, you, you can say people don't get the Holy Ghost anymore. You can say people don't get healed anymore. But I'm sure that somebody's gotten healed in this church. I'm sure people have gotten the Holy Ghost in this church. I baptized two teenagers last week in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, and neither one of their parents go to church. I'm telling you, it still happens, and it's still real. Why are we forsaking everything that we've already known and always known to try to find some newfangled way? He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. What we've got to do is return and go back to where we came from and say, God, this is where it's at, and this is where I'm going to stay. And Naaman said, now I know. This one leper, remember him? Not Naaman, but the one that was left over from the ten. He returned, and I want you to notice that the Bible says he was a Samaritan. He was a stranger. He was not of the nationality of the others. The others possibly were all Jews. He was a little bit different. Sin and their commonality of disease had brought them and pulled them together. Their disease, their problem had pulled them together. Birds of a feather. Oh, you're so smart. Flock together. If you want to know all the gossips in the church, just all you got to do is find one of them. You want to find the naysayers in the church, you just got to locate Uno. You'll find them all. So when you find this leper, they had been joined together by their common problem. I wonder what would happen if we would let our salvation draw us together rather than our disease. What would happen if we would allow God in His presence and His all-powerful hand, that powerful hand of God to draw us together rather than our problem? I wish we would realize that the kingdom of God, in this thing called the kingdom of God, there are no big eyes and little U's. I wish we would let our salvation draw us together. And if we would do that in unity, there is no stopping the church of the living God. And revival would consume us. If you want revival to consume you, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? This leper returned. Naaman returned. And one of them, verse 15, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Now here's where I want to preach. I'm not, I'm going to be long. With a loud voice, glorified God. The next verse says that he gave thanks. I'm not coming back just to be coming back. I return so that I can give. I'm not coming back wanting anything. You already gave me everything I need. I'm not, I'm not coming back needing a healing. I'm not coming back asking for financial blessing. He said, I'm simply here so I can give. Pastor, you said it this morning. 
the only reason we're really here is for sacrifice. I have come back so that I can give thanks. Too many people have their hand out saying, what can the church do for me? What can you do for me, preacher? What can you do for me, pastor? What can you do for me, Sunday school teacher? Wouldn't it be great if we all would just come to church not expecting anything except that we have returned so that we can give? You see, it's not, it's not how much you give. Your pastor said it a moment ago in the Sunday school class. He said it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. Don't you wish Uncle Sam operated like God did? Tithing is a percentage. I would to God all I had to pay was 10% taxes. You see, we've got it all wrong. It's not what we give, it's our attitude of giving. This leprous man. Who reckoned the Lord said everybody should have been like you. He said, weren't there ten? And you're the only one that's come back to do it right? When you act or get what you need from God, you will forget about being quiet. You will forget about everything that's going on around you. You'll forget about who's there and who's not there. I've just come to church to give this morning. I've come to church to give thanks. I've come to church to give praise. I've come to church to give an offering. And if you truly come the right way and you return to God, you're returning not to get. You are returning to give. One of the first commandments is to love thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. He wasn't just being loud. He came back to give to God. Naaman. Let's go back to Naaman. He went to the servant. He said, he said, let me, let me give you all a little money. Now understand, God don't need your money. The pastor and his church do. That's why we're here today, but God don't. He came back. You see, God had blessed him. He had healed him in spite of his lack of willingness to duck in the muddy river. God healed him. What happened when he got what he needed? He said, I got to go give. I got to go. I got to go. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a recipient anymore. I'm a giver. And he went back and he said, I've got some gold, I've got some silver, I've got some clothes, I've got stuff all packed on, on these mules. He said, I've got I've to give back to you. The man of God said, no, we're not going to take what you've got. He said, well, since you're not going to take what I have to give, he said, can I, can I take a little dirt? home with me I got a couple mules here don't you love that he talked about mules in the scripture he said I got a couple mules here and I'd like to load them down with some dirt why you want to do that he said well he said I'm going back to a heathen place and when my master asked me to go to church with him and I gotta go he pays my bills when I go to the house of Rimmon to a false god and I kneel down to worship, 
He said, I want to remember what happened to me here. And I want to give praise to the right God. Because now I know. It's all about our attitude. It's all about our spirit. Silver and gold. Mm-mm, we ain't got none. But such as I have. Nine o'clock, twelve o'clock, three o'clock. Hours of prayer. That's what these disciples had been doing. They'd been praying. And they returned at nine, at twelve, and at three. Something about when you return, you want to give. And he said, we don't have what you're looking for, what you're asking for, but I've got something better. He said, so I'm going to give to you what I've got. And they grabbed him, pulled him up. The Bible said they lifted him up. And immediately his ankle bones received strength. That could have never happened had these disciples not been givers. Let me tell you something. I've got a reason to return. I've got a reason to return. And the reason that I return is not so that I can receive. The reason I return is so that I can give. Your pastor is an awesome preacher. I thought I'd get a little more witness than that. Praise God, I'm not going to hurt you. He gives you the word of God, but there are occasions when we preachers probably should have just kept the Bible shut <laughs> and had a prayer meeting. So it's not always going to be masterpieces. The difference is, why did you return? What reason did you have for returning? I've got a reason for returning. Jesus said, if I go, I'm going to return. <laughs> and when I return, i got something new for you. He said, I prepared a place for you. Jesus returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There's a reason for returning. can't spend as much time in prayer and fasting as you have and not be affected by what you feel. These men who returned to prayer at 9 and 12 and 3, the Bible said in Acts chapter 4 that they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. In fact, their shadow fell on people that were sick by the wayside and they were healed. Naaman comes back to the only thing he knows. The only thing he knows to do because he's received very much and he wants to pay for it. You can't buy this thing, friend. 
You can't buy healing. You can't buy power. You can't buy salvation. The man of God says, no, I'm not going to take what you've given. You've got to give. The only way to pay is to worship. The only way to give is to turn and return and worship. Gehazi didn't understand it because Gehazi wasn't a giver. You see, the reason he didn't take his money is because he wanted to separate his healing from his money. How much you give today will not determine that you're going to get a healing. How much you give today is not going to determine whether you're filled with the Holy Ghost, whether your children are saved. But when you return with the right attitude over and over and over again, God loves people that return for a reason. Naaman is saying, I've got to go back. I've got to live under the house of worship, the rulership of a king that does not know about Jehovah. When I go back home, return to my position in the palace there will be times when I have to accompany my Lord in the flesh to the house of worship and I don't want to forget what it feels like to know what I've experienced today he said because now I know God has always desired a place of fellowship with his children Garden of Eden, tabernacle in the wilderness, temple of the Lord to the Israelites. John chapter 14, he said, if I go to prepare a place, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back. I'm closing. There's such a, a power and a presence in this place. There's already been an attitude of giving here. Your reason to return need not be good music, and they did a fantastic job today. Your reason to return shouldn't be just a good Sunday school class for your children, good preaching by the pastor, love and care from brothers and sisters of like precious faith. Your reason to return should be simply to give. If you're not a giver, you tend to be a taker. God always blesses givers. I've been preaching and pastoring for 32 years. I've seen many people in their walk with God and people can't understand why they're not blessed. Unless you have an attitude of giving, the blessing will not come.
There's a holy presence in this place this morning. I got a lot more notes. I got more notes than you got time to hear. There's a covering that's hit this place. Let me speak in the Holy Ghost right now. It's going to blow your mind what God's about to do for, through, and in this church. And the only reason he's going to do it is not because you can write a check out of your personal account and give $10,000 or $20,000 or $50. It's all about the attitude that you have when you return. Why are you here? There's got to be other churches. I got a sneaky suspicion you're in the best one. I got a sneaking suspicion the reason you return is because you like the presence of God that is always here. I've had a lot of bad things happen in my life in the last few years. The devil's tried to take my, my spirit and my attitude of giving away. It's been a struggle. But I've learned that when I have issues, when I have problems, if I can return with the right attitude, something about church, something about having that familiar place, Name I said, I'm going to take some of this dirt and I'm going to go back to where I came from and it's going to give me a familiar feeling when I worship. Why? Because God gave to me here and I, in turn, gave back to him in worship. It's not what, it's why. Why has God kissed this place with righteousness and peace and mercy and blessing? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because the spirit I feel right now, because of this attitude that we're in right now, I wonder if we could stand all over this house this morning. I, my God, I know your pastor's got some things planned with the cards, but just bear with me for just a moment. Healing can happen here this morning. Holy Ghost can fall here this morning. <laughs> Before you get home from this building, after giving your sacrificial promise on the card, you could get a phone call from a wayward child said, Mama, I got the Holy Ghost this morning. I went to church today. 
Is that why we give? No, it's the benefits. Naaman forgot what he was going to get if he obeyed. Let's not disallow the healing. Let's not disallow the virtue and the power and the glory. But understand why we're doing what we're doing. You've returned to the house of God. I have a feeling that this church is filled up like this about every Sunday. Not the will of God that you come in here and scramble and scrape. They told us we couldn't build a building. When I came back to Natchitoches, my father was running about 50 people. Needed property. God gave us 13 acres of land. A four-lane highway. Your pastor's been there. And we got 13 acres for the price of about one and a half acre. Our property appraises for a little over $3 million. We still owe a million, but at least we don't owe three. Ain't God good? It's one whole right section over here on my right. We've got four sections. The right section over there is practically one family. One man, Bobby Behan, started coming to church with his wife. Started paying his tithes, started giving. They ain't been in church in 30 years. For long, his son grown son, about my age, with his girlfriend started showing up to church. And his daughter and her husband. In the process of all this, his wife left him. Bobby kept returning. <laughs> Never missed. Returning to church. Continuing to give. Cousins, uncles, aunts, friends, they all, every one of them, there's sometimes as many as 40 people in that section because of Bobby Behan. Three weeks ago, I'm talking about how important it is to return and give. Three weeks ago, maybe four, Bobby came to me and said, Pastor, he said, it's, it's, it's looking good between me and my wife. Looking better. I said, that's great, Bobby. About two weeks ago, Paula walks into church with Bobby. She said, she said, Pastor, I'm sorry I've been gone, but I'm back home. She said, I got this cancer right here on my face. She said, they're saying they're going to go in there, and, and it may be real deep. It may be even into the bone. I want prayer. It may scar me for life and may even die from it if it's in my bones. We prayed. The very next week they went. It was so simple. It was almost like taking a skin tag off. Because you return. You return. Young couple in our church been coming to church about a year. I do some construction work, playing around a little bit with some construction. Started working with this young man, invite him to church. Him and his girlfriend, they're not married yet. Him and his, I get to marry him in May, praise God. Got a couple kids together. We'll take them all kinds. Started coming to church. 
they had a second child. His head, when he was born, children's head have you know openings and and the skull moves. This this head's uh, the, this child's head was just fused together, out of shape. Three weeks ago, young man came preached for me. Told a story about his brother who was young. When he was born, had some issues with his head. And I felt in the Holy Ghost to call this young couple back up. We'd already prayed for this child. Back up. They were having tests the following Wednesday after this Sunday. We prayed, believed God. You know how you do. Hoping and believing, but a little doubt in the back of your mind. God, this is pretty serious. I'm not sure about if you can do this or not. Thursday morning, I get a phone call. It's Teresa Graves, who is brand new to our church in the last year, who has kind of adopted this little family. She said, Brother Mark, that's what they call me because I'm young. My dad's Brother Whitehead. Said, Brother Mark, I got good news. She said, they took Jaden Wayne to the doctor, and every place that his head's supposed to be open, it's open. So no surgery. There's something to be said for coming back and returning to God's house. Would you throw your hands in the air right now and let's just believe God for miracles, signs and wonders. There's a sacrificial spirit, an attitude of worship, an attitude of praise that's in this house. Somebody needs to say, yes, Lord. (laughs) Here I am again. I'm returning to give, God. Oh, I've got a check. I've got some cash. I've got an offering I'm going to give, God. But the best thing I can give you is what I've heard this morning, and that is myself. (laughs) If you need healing this morning... You can get it. If you need the Holy Ghost this morning, you can get it. If you need a divine touch in your spirit, you can have it today. How do you know that, preacher? Because you've returned to the house of God and you're giving yourself in worship. There is a special touch in this place. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to turn this service back over to your pastor, but I don't want this attitude and this spirit to dissipate. $70,000 last year. I believe we can exceed that today. Brother Wayne Weatherard said, if you don't exceed it, I've got to make up the difference. It's time to return to everything that God's done for me. And say, God, here I am. I've come to give you thanks. I've come to give you praise.